Good evening. It's time for Parashat HaShavua, which is the Parashat this week of Yitro. And uh, we're going to talk a little about Moshe Rabbeinu and Yitro. This uh, class, this Parsha class is dedicated in memory of David Wick's Zichronol by his loving family. David was a great supporter of the Torah. There are a lot of people who have a lot to thank him for. And so his memory is very special to all of us. Let's start with Shemot Perik Bet. We're looking for Yitro. You know, the thing that I find always interesting is that the parsha in which Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to heaven and receives the Aseret Adibrot, written on two stones that he brings back down and gives to B'nai Yisrael. I mean, this is the most remarkable thing from many points of view that ever happened in history. You would think that as a kind of a side gift, appreciation and thanks, we would call this parasha Moshe. Why call it Yitro? I mean, okay, you could say that the naming of the parishes is not so significant, but it's just done in a kind of arbitrary way. The first important word in the first pasuk becomes the name of the parashah. They say, yeah, I know that. But it could have been so that the name, the word Moshe, the word Moshe is in the pasuk, in the first Moshe. So Moshe was like just a little further down, but you could have switched the words of the pasuk around so that Moshe would come up first. In any event, it always, I always found it odd. So the parasha of Matan Torah is given over to Yitro, who was not Miyotse Mitzrayim. He didn't leave Mitzrayim with the Jewish people. He wasn't even Jewish at that time. And he left before the Jews came to Eretz Israel. He sort of like said, enough is enough. I can't take this. So I'd like to look into Yitro, into Yitro. So the Pasuk in Perik Bet that we're looking at, the Psukim, Paro heard what Moshe Rabbeinu did. You know, Moshe Rabbeinu was a person who, who kind of um, was drawn to justice was drawn to truth. I mean, it's hard to imagine people like that. He killed somebody, killed an Egyptian. And he decided that he thought that he should kill Moshe. He ran away. He, Moshe Rabbeinu, ran away. He, he dwelled in the land of Midian. And he came there and it's sort of like an elliptical sentence. It's elliptical and, and meaningless. What do you mean? He dwelled in the land of Midian and he dwelled at the well. I mean, how, how does that fit into a sentence? So Rashi says, right, they, they told Paro what he had done. 
they dabble tails. They gave him to one of these uh, jailers or uh, a person who, uh, who did the, the uh, king's work of killing the enemies out one by one, as opposed to a full-fledged war. So he says, gave it to, the, to this guy. He said, kill Moshe Rabbeinu. And he wasn't able to do it. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu meant when later on, later on he said, He saved me from the sword of Paro. Okay, that's another... It's a reference that Rashi Rashi has. But here's the interesting part. That's the first phrase, right? You see in the Pasuk? Oh, why don't I have uh, this? Uh, why isn't this all set up here? You're about to request permission to annotate. Select request. Okay. Uh, I need. Uh, oh, there it is. There it is. Look, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. I'm I'm getting a highlighter for those of you wondering what I'm mumbling about. Uh, mumbling here. Yeah, it says in the pasuk that we're talking about. Uh, that's the first thing that it says, right? The Yeshe Be'eret Vidyan. And Rashi says, He came to Midyan and he stayed there. He stayed there. Kimo, Yeshe Vyakov. He can Yeshe Vyakov. That's just like another. Yeshe is not such a difficult word. But I have to say, we'll see in a minute. Yeshe Be'er. He sat down on the on that well, Lishon Yeshiva. That means like he actually sat there. Where he says it says Vayeshev, Vayeshev Beretz Midyan. It means someplace in Midyan. It doesn't give you the address, but he lived in Midyan. But Vayeshev Alaber means he was really sitting at the well. Lamad mi Yaakov shenis dabeg lo zivu go alaber. He learned from Yaakov. Yaakov found his wife. At the at the be'er, at the well. So you see twice where it says by Yeshev, Rashi says Yeshev number one by Yeshev Yaakov. It was like by Yeshev Yaakov, just as it says by Yaakov. And then the second by Yeshev again, Lamad mi Yaakov. He learned it from Yaakov. So what did he learn from Yaakov? What did he learn from Yaakov? It, it, it means that he saw himself at that time of his life imitating Yaakov. He Moshe Rabbeinu. Is like, well, why did he run? Why did he go to Midian? Why couldn't he, why didn't he just depend on God uh, would save him somehow? Or why didn't he hide out someplace in Mitzrayim? In Goshen, with all the Jews, with his, his mother, his sister. Why, why, why did he run away to Midian? So Rashi defends Moshe Rabbeinu in the following way. He says Moshe Rabbeinu saw himself 
as going through the same process as Yaakov Avinu. There had to be some exile. There had to be the wife that was discovered on the well. All of this was part of what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing, apparently, according to Rashi. Pasuk Tetzayin, Olechohein Midyan Sheva Banot. Right? This is all like, like you see how right he was, Moshe Rabbeinu, how correct he was in doing what he was doing. Kohen Midyan Sheva Banot, the Kohen. Kohen means a Kohen. Midyan, the Kohen of Midyan. He was the Kohen of the whole country. Sheva Banot. They came and they took out the water from the well, right? Those are the troughs that the animals drink from. In order to give the sheep uh, water to, to drink. Right, Rashi says, the Kohen Midyan, Rav Shebahem, Kohen Midyan, Rav Shebahem, the great one amongst them, who pirish lo me'avoda zara, v'nidu hu me'etzlam. And so here Rashi tells me a whole story that I have to integrate with my perception of what's going on. Who is Yitro? He's the one who rejected idolatry. He was the great one who rejected idolatry as a result of which, as a result of which, Niduhu may etzlam. Niduhu means they uh, put him into a kind of a cherim. They didn't want to have anything to do with him. So, so that the the attempt that they are now going to make, that these shepherds are going to make to keep the daughters of Yitro from getting water is got to do with some really larger struggle. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu entered into it. Right? Pasuk Yudzayim, Haroim, the shepherds came and chased them away, chased them away, uh, Right, before Moshe was Vayeshev, he was sitting, and now he's standing. A verb of action, right? He became he became enthusiastic about helping helping them. He saved them. and he helped them. Uh, uh, give their flocks water, water to drink. How Moshe Rabbeinu did this, we don't know, but we understand. We understand that it's all there's a control element. Min Hashemayim, it's all from from heaven, right? Veigashum if nehani dui. They they sent them away because their father was in Cherem. Pasuk uh, eighteen. Vatavona el Ruel Avihen. It came to Ruel. First he was called Kohen Midyan. Now he's called Ruel. So he didn't understand why they came home so early. 
Vatomana, they said the uh, as you have to move up the screen a little bit. Vatomana, Ezra, up. Oh, great, great, thank you. Okay, she so says, Vatomana ish mitsuitsi lanum yada some Egyptian who doesn't have a name. He doesn't have, we don't know who he is. And he gave the, 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 the sheep water to drink. Pasukaf. Pasukaf. And so the Kohen Midian, whose name is Ruel, he says, He said to his daughters, Where is he? I mean, I mean, everybody here is at the level of prophecy. He says, why did he say Vayo? It's a guy, a nice guy. Every nice guy who walks by, I have to go looking for him. Lama zavten He's like, like Yitro is saying to his daughters, you didn't get it. You didn't understand that something was going on. You didn't understand that this was something that we might be waiting for. Yo, it'll be, yo, lama zavten etaish. Krenalo, krenalo, Call him, call out to him, v'yochal lechem. I don't know why. I've kind of lost it. The the uh, the cursor. I've lost the cursor. Vayomer el benotav ayo labazez ish. Krenalo v'yochal lechem. Rashi, Rashi helps us. Rashi says, Lama ze azavtem et ha'ish. Here, Lama ze azavtem. Hikirbo. You see the theme? He's Yaakov. He's Yaakov incarnate. He's not one of the Avot. He is a copy of one of the Avot. Which Avot is he a copy? Which of the Avot is he a copy of? He's a copy of, of Yaakov. He's a copy of Yaakov. He was Vayeshev like Yaakov, but he was Vayeshev like Yaakov. And again, he kirbo yitro shehumizaro sheyakov shehamayim olim likrato that the waters came out of the well and sort of to greet him. Vayochalechem shema yisa achat miken. Maybe he'll marry one of you. Yitro says, "Kimo daatamart that you said ki im halechem asherhu ochel that the bread." It's the indicator. It's the indicator. Finally, Pasuk Kav Aleph. Vayoel Moshe lashevet et ha'ish vayitein et zipora bitol Moshe. Vayoel. What's Vayoel? What's Vayoel? Okay, if you know Hebrew very well, you know that the word Vayoel means, it, it, it's a word that describes uh, completing an action. So Vayoel Moshe lashevet et ha'ish, right? He slided off by Yeshev. 
he was Yaakov. And Vayeshev again, he was Yaakov. And the third time, he was Yaakov. And now, he's Vayeshev, Moshe Lashevet, et ha-ish. It wasn't Yaakov, it was the Ish. Who was the Ish? That was Yitro. So Moshe, whose name is, by the way, not mentioned in this, this group of Sukim, he gave Tzipora his daughter to Moshe. This is sort of like, uh, like Yaakov. Yaakov married women in the houses in the house of Laban, and Moshe married Tzipora in the house of Yitro. Look at the Rashi. Look at the Rashi. Rashi says, "Vayoel Kitargumo." Okay, quote several sources with Medrasho. You see where Rashi says Medrasho? Medrasho, next to the last line. Lashon Allah. Allah is a shvu'ah. It's the Hebrew, a Hebrew word that means shvu'ah. How does shvu'ah get into the story? How does an oath, what sort of oath is in the story? Neshva lo shelo yazuz bimidyan. That's what Rashi says. Nishvalo. He 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 made Moshe Rabbeinu take an oath that he would not leave Midian unless he gave him permission. Unless he gave him permission. Now we could we could think about that. Like what? Why would Yitro want that? Well, what is Yitro talking about? So if Yitro knew that he was sort of like witnessing Moshe Rabbeinu playing the role of Yaakov, let's assume that Yitro knew about Yaakov because he was a student of religion and the Jewish people insisted that their religion was special. And Yitro knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was kind of imitating the Yaakov of the Avot, the one who left the country and married outside the country, finally was able, helped by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to come back to Eretz Kinan. And so Yitro, so, so Yitro said, look, I'm giving you my daughter to marry, but I don't want you to take my family away unless I agree. That's what he said. And it's rather... It's rather remarkable, but it's right here in the it's right here in Rashi. Okay, let's go to page two. Page two. Oh, Yofi. Page two. Perik Dalit Pasukyut Chet. Right, Akadish Baruch Hu met up with Moshe Rabbeinu, explained to Moshe Rabbeinu there was a snare, and the snare was burning and it didn't burn up, and Moshe Rabbeinu was curious, and Akadish Baruch Hu explained to him that somebody had to take the Jews out of Mitzrayim. It's not so easy to understand why you needed somebody. You couldn't just appoint somebody ad hoc on that day and say, okay, everybody leave. No, there's a process and there's a way of doing it. And when you tell the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim on the night of Pesach at the Seder, that's what you have to tell. You tell what happened. What happened? Why was there such a complicated Yitzhak Mitzrayim? What was the real role of Moshe Rabbeinu? Those are really questions that we can deal with today. We should deal with them. So here's a pasuk. The pasuk says, "Vayelech Moshe, vayoshav el yeter chotno." Now it's called yeter. 
Yeter is one of his names. Yitro is a many faceted personality. We'll see that shortly. Vayomelo. And he, Moshe, said to him, Elcha no. No usually means, please. It's like a request, a very polite request. Vashuva. El Achai. I will go and return to my brethren. Hashem and Mitzrayim, and I'll see if they're still alive. I mean, of course, this is true, but that's not the reason that he actually went. I mean, it's true that he's going to see if they're still alive or they're still kicking. But that wasn't it. And so Rashi says, You see the Rashi? Look. Litol Rishut to ask for permission. Rashi says, I, I told you that he made an oath, and the oath was that he had to ask permission from Yitro to leave Midian. So he went and he asked permission. He took, he said to Yitro, give me permission as you said. That's what I need. Sharei Nishvalo. Moshe Rabbeinu swore, unlike Yaakov, who did not swear to love her, but Yimoshu Rabbeinu swore Sharein Shbalo, right? And then he goes on and he adds, he adds, he adds, Shiva Shemot Ayulo, Reuel, Yeta, Yitro, Kedi, Chovav, Kever, and Putiel. He had seven names. Rashi just says that without explaining explaining to to help us understand that Yitro at this point this is like Moshe Rabbeinu was told by God to go to, uh, to uh, back to Mitzrayim to save the Jewish people and he has to fulfill his oath that he made to uh, to Yitro and so Rashi adds here Yitro was a many faceted personality and for each of those personalities, he had a name. He didn't just have seven names. That's ridiculous. But he was many people. And he represented many ideas. And he was very unique and a very unique and special, special person. Right? Uh, page three, uh, Ezra, please. Ah, so here the psukim at the beginning of the parakiyot chetrich of the parasha of Yitro, our parasha. We finally get to the parasha, and there's so many things that you see here. Vayishma Yitro kohen midyan. Vayishma Yitro. He understood something. Who is he? What is his name? Kohen midyan. He has seven names. But only one of them is a Kohen, is, is him as a Kohen, the religious philosopher, the person who understood what was going on with his son-in-law Moshe. Kohen Midyan, Chotein Moshe, right? He was all of these things. He was a Kohen Midyan, he was Chotein Moshe. What is Chotein Moshe? He was his father-in-law. When you call somebody, I mean, you call when you when you introduce somebody, 
and you and you want to give him his pedigree, right? So you so Bader Klal, you know, if he's a leader, you say his name, his father's name, maybe his grandfather's name, you know, like there's a tradition of leadership. You don't usually say father-in-law. But here in this case, the fact that Yitro was Moshe Rabbeinu's father-in-law, we're introduced to the idea that this is very important. At Kol Asher Moshe, right? All the things that people knew, everybody knew that Moshe was special and God was with him. That's, that's a great, a great thought. Okay, so you understand that the Egyptians, Yitro understood that, but the Egyptians never did. The Egyptians, Esar Makot, the last of them were, the last of the Makot, the plagues, Makat Becharot, the death of the first, the first born. So you would think that that would make them nervous. No, they went and chased after B'nai Yisrael until Yam Suf, and that stopped them. But the but they weren't they, they they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure. It out. They kept making up excuses and saying, "Oh, there must be in in Mitzrayim, outside of Mitzrayim, these kinds of makot, those kinds of makot." They they made up excuses. Further, pasuk bet vayikachi trochotein Moshe et Sipora eshet Moshe achashi lochel. I want you to know. He also brought Sipora eshet Moshe. The point that I think is important. Here's the whole, all the family. Yitro Chotein Moshe, that's what he is. Uvanav Ishto El Moshe El Hamidbar, his wife and his sons. El Hamidbar to the desert, Ashehu Chonesham Har Elohim, which where Moshe Rabbeinu is encamped with the Jewish people at the mountain at God's mount. So you see, what is it that made it possible or made it easier? For Moshe Rabbeinu to be Moshe Rabbeinu, the fact that his father-in-law, like Chotein Moshe, again and again, he's Chotein Moshe, played the role of the father. His daughter Tzipora and her two sons lived with her father Yitro, who is called again and again Chotein Moshe. It's almost as though he has some kind of fatherly responsibility, right? Vayomer el Moshe, pasuk vav, pasuk vav, vayomer el Moshe, ani choten chayitro vayilachayit, so he introduces himself. He says, I want you to remember, I'm the one who took care of your family, I'm the one who brought up your children, I'm the one who took care of things when you had something greater to do, choten chayitro vayilachah, vishtichau shtebaneha iman, that was the thing. That Miriam and Aaron, when they came to speak, had a lush and horror about about Moshe Rabbeinu. That Moshe Rabbeinu was not attentive to his wife. They didn't understand that there are times when, for very, very, very exceptional people, 
the regular rules can't cannot actually apply perfectly. So Yitro said, I did it because I knew it was the right thing to do. And because that's what you should have done. It was this is something that ran against the, the generally accepted ideology of creating clans and families and sticking the together where they the where they, the the property of the family is held on tightly by the family and he says ani vayavo ayitro pasukei kohten moshe vanavishto el moshe lamidbar shehu chodet sham harluim pasuk vav vayomel moshe ani choten chayitro boilecha I am the one who took care of your family veishtecha uchnei banecha ima. Pasuk Zayin Vayitzei Moshe Lekrat Chotno Vayishtachu Vayishaklo Vayishalu Ishlu Re'ehu L'Shalom Vayavohu Ha'ohara Obviously, the Torah is telling us that the, that the uh, uh, relationship between uh, between the uh, husband and his father-in-law was a remarkable one. I mean, it's not always true, but you know, it's not always the comedy uh, doesn't always work in all families today, but there are places where the, the husband and his father-in-law don't always get along. That's possible, right? Here they get along. They, don't, they, they understand each other. They understand why it is that they exist. You know that Moshe Rabbeinu could tell the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim probably better than anybody else. Because not only did he know the information, this he knew his conversations with heaven as as the thing went on. And he understood more than anybody else why it took as long as it took and why it was as difficult as it was, right? All of these things are certainly certainly part of of the Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu sort of says to his father-in-law, look, I know you understand a lot and I know that you can uh, can do things that nobody else can do. But I want to tell it to you firsthand. I want to tell it from me to you. Right? From me to you. Pasuk Tet, you remember, Vayichad Yitro. He was happy. He was sad. Right? It was like Rashi. It was like an interesting Rashi. We can't, we can't do with, deal with that now. Vayichad Yitro. Let's say he was happy. I'll call it Tova. About all the good things that all call it Tova means the Tova that Moshe Rabbeinu explained to him. Not regular Tova. Not 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 hamburgers, but but something profound. Something deep happened to B'nai Yisrael at the way out of Mitzrayim, which was the the point. Pasuk Yud Vayomer Yitro Baruch Hashem. So Yitro makes a bracha. He understood. He understood 
that the only possible reaction that we have at our disposal for divine goodness is a bracha. That's all we can do. That's all we can say. He understood it. He was a, he was a man of profound understanding. Pasuk Yud Aleph, Atayadati, Ki Gadol Hashem Mikol Elokim, Ki Badavar Asher Zadu Alehem. Now I understand more than I understood before. It wasn't enough that I came, but the understanding that you, Moshe Rabbeinu, imputed me with is special, is unique. Vaikach Yitro Chotein Moshe again. Vaikach Yitro Chotein Moshe Olaz Vachim Lelokim. Now we know, we know that Korbanot was the natural reaction to the goodness that came from heaven, right? Adam Arishon. The Chazal say that Adam Rishon gave Korbanot. The Torah says that Kain the Hevel gave Korbanot. Noah gave Korbanot. Korbanot. Uh, Avram Avinu did not give Korbanot, but he built Mizbechot. If you don't remember that, check it out. Check it out. He says, so so that's what that's what he did. Lechol lechem, kolzik de Arboshe and Aaron kolzik neizro lechol lechem im. Apparently, apparently, it's not just that the crowd at a, at, a, at a joyous event, that the crowd increases the level of joy, but the quality of the joy. When people join in and they say, oh, this is something I can also participate in, the quality of the joy is special. But joy is special. Finally, the last three psukim by Imi Moharad, by Hashem Moshe Lishpot, Lishpot et Ta'ava, Yamoda Amal Moshe, Menabogada Erev, there were long lines outside of Moshe's tent of people who were coming, coming to, uh, to, to Eshailis. They came to ask Moshe Rabbeinu Shailas by Yehimi Mocharat the next day by Yehishim Moshe Lishmote Da'am by Yamod Ha'am Al Moshe Min Abokra Ad Ha'arev by Yar Chotein Moshe Nochamu Chotein Moshe, we forgot that you think about Pasuk Gimel to Pasuk Yudal, we forgot that he's Chotein Moshe No, because that was his name He had a name that he received from Am Yisrael All the other names he received someplace else Yet there Yeter and Yitro and 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 Putiel, all those names came from somewhere, but the name that we gave him was Chotein Moshe. Chotein Moshe, because he made it possible for Moshe Rabbeinu to act, to be, to not be burdened by the family. At Kol Asher Uoselam Amva Yomer Madavar Hazarat Uoselam, so he didn't get it. He said to to Moshe. He said to Moshe, what are you doing? There are all these lines here. This is ridiculous. That's what Chotein Moshe said to Moshe. 
I mean, you could say, if you know that a person is with you, has your good intents to give you support, and even if he criticizes you, you could take it, you could put up because you know that the criticism is for good. But what was the good here? What was he talking about? The next page, please. I could do it. No page, I don't know what page it is. Page five? Four. We're up to four? Okay, okay. Ayome Moshe Lechot, no. I would like to uh, maybe just stop for a minute and then we'll, we'll continue. Uh, I think that there's no doubt in my mind that Yitro became integrated into Am Yisrael and was called Chotein Moshe because he was he was the one who made it possible for Moshe Rabbeinu to function, and he was also the one who made it made it uh, possible for Moshe to function on location. What I mean is this: What did Without going through the psukim, and we could go through the psukim, but it might take us a bit long. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu, that's what the Torah says, would sit in judgment all day long, every day. And people would ask him, Shilas, what do I do about this or what do I do about that? That's perfectly reasonable. That whole, would you expect anything else? Along comes Chotein Moshe, this special person. This special person who made it possible for Moshe Rabbeinu to do in Mitzrayim what it was that God wanted him to do. Because, you know, ultimately, ultimately, there's a kind of a partnership. Even if God explicitly makes a demand or makes a statement or proposes a proposal, I mean, still, there's a kind of a free will aspect that the human beings have. And Moshe Rabbeinu needed a babysitter. I mean, as strange as that may sound, or as lighthearted as it may sound. But then that was how Chotein Moshe made it possible for Moshe Rabbeinu to take the Jews out of Mitzrayim. And when Chotein Moshe saw Moshe Rabbeinu sitting and, 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 uh, and teaching the people what the Torah wants of them, and making determinations about difficult cases, Yitro said, <coughs> this is impossible, he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, this is impossible. You're going to, you're going to fall apart. You're going to fall apart. He says, you see Pasuk Yudchet on the sheet, Pasuk Yudchet, Navol Tibol Gamata, Gam Ha'am Hazeh Asher Imach, you're going to be wasted away. You are going to waste away because it's too hard, but the whole nation of Israel is going to fall away. What was Yitro Chotein Moshe talking about? Why would they fall away? 
So Yitro said to Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm just restating it, a paraphrase, so to speak. Yitro said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu, why are you doing this? Why are you the one who's answering all the questions? So Moshe Rabbeinu would answer him. I mean, uh, this is my imagined answer for Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu said, look, the people want to know the truth of the Torah. And I'm the one who could supply that. And if I don't know the truth of the Torah in a particular case, I can turn to heaven and I get an answer. So Yitro said to his son-in-law, he said, and what are the people going to do when you die, Moshe, my son-in-law? What will happen when you die? you die? They can't go to you anymore. They can't go to you. They can't ask you a question. So they'll say, it's over. We no longer have access to the truth of the Torah. After all, when Moshe Rabbeinu was around, I asked him a question, he would talk to God and get an answer. Moshe Rabbeinu, Yitro, Chotein Moshe, said to Moshe Rabbeinu, what are the people going to do? I mean, they're going to run away. They're going to say, we can't go on, we can't maintain, because we don't know the real truth. We All we know is what some clever judge said, but he's not Moshe Rabbeinu. He wasn't able to appeal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to get the answer in order to make sure, in order to make sure that this enterprise lives on, Yitro said, you have to show the people that you have confidence in their ability to get the truth to the truth by learning the Torah that you taught them. And the way that you'll do that is by appointing judges. Appoint judges, everybody understands not all the judges are the same, not all the judges are equally clever and profound in, with profound insights. And yet, we have faith that we're getting the right answer. I'm afraid we're getting the right answer. So if this is, well, is correct, or reasonable, reasonable, better word. Have this question. Jesus turns out that Yitro was the one who made Yitziat Mitzray impossible, and Yitro was the one who, after Matan Torah, made the Torah the continuing, uh, uh, the continuing authority in the Torah, a reasonable result of investigation. We look at the Torah, we think about the Torah, and we come up with a solution that is acceptable to the nation. And both of those Yitzhiat Mitzrayim and the existence of the Torah itself could be granted to the insights and the special relationship that Yitro had with his son-in-law Moshe Rabbeinu. And so if you think of it in that way, that there's a person who facilitated Yitzhak Mitzrayim, he didn't participate, but he facilitated it. And that same person ensured that the Torah would continue to exist after Moshe Rabbeinu's death. It's no surprise that his name 
is attached to the parsha of Matan Torah. Good Shabbos. Be well. Uh, all the best. Shabbat Shalom. Thanks, Rabbi. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Very interesting. Thank you.